Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of The Host Show. I am your host, Jasper Rivers, and we release a new episode of this show every single Monday. And in these episodes, I interview Airbnb hosts from all around the world to share their stories and provide tips and tricks on how to get started and be successful as an Airbnb host. Now, this episode is brought to you by Legends X, our 90-day short-term rental accelerator program that's designed to help you skill your hosting business by getting yourself out of the daily operations. So that frees up your time so you can become the CEO of your business instead of the manager and really focus on those higher level tasks that move the needle and allow you to grow. So for more information about Legends X and how to join, visit strlegends.com X. Now let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy the show. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Welcome to podcast episode number 548 of Get Paid for Your Pet. Today, I have two guests, not one, but two guests on the show. They are both from Spain. This is going to be a very Spain-focused episode. We have Juan Betancourt. Welcome, Juan. And we have Juan Ho Bande. So, Hello. Two very special guests. Hello. And uh, what's up, guys? We're going to be sharing your, your stories. We're going to talk a little bit about Spain and why Spain is such an amazing country. I lived there for two years. Juan is also a Legends X graduate. He's currently in Panama, actually. We met up a couple of weeks ago as he's surfing on the beach. And uh, Juanjo is an architect. He's a short-term rental. He also has his own short-term rental YouTube channel as well. So he's definitely a specialist. And if you're Spanish-speaking, I know a lot of people that listen to Get Paid for Your Pad are English and Spanish-speaking. So if you want to listen to some short-term rental talk in Spanish, then Juanjo Bande is the man to follow. So... Awesome. Well, let's do Thank a you, quick Jasper. introduction. Uh, Juanjo, why don't we start with you? Give us a quick introduction. Where you're from? What, what do you do in the short-term rental space? Thank you, Jasper. Uh, you're very kind for that great introduction. I'm from northwestern Spain. I've been doing short-term rental for quite a while now. I started as, as a user of short-term rental traveler uh, using Homely Days, one brand of the BRBO umbrella, maybe 10 years ago. And then we have a couple of properties that really fitted the, the short-term rental needs. And then with my family, we started renting them out around 2014. And then Homely Days and BRBO made us some changes about reviews, about reviews for, to guests from hosts. So that's why we decided to change from BRBO to Airbnb. And we started our Airbnb journey. And I started to dig into the, the data and all the world around this and, and started analyzing investments around this space. And then I decided to, to start a YouTube channel talking about that. At the beginning, it was maybe analytics and data from the space. And then it evolved into talking with the people in the space, you know, just putting a, a human face on the people behind the technology that is all around the STR business in Spanish-speaking world. And there we are. And mostly trying to walk in your steps because I still remember when I started, 
how I enjoyed listening to Get Faith for Your Path and how it helped us and feeling connected to people doing the same kind of stuff in other parts of the world. So thank you, Jasper, for doing what you do, for doing Get Faith for Your Path. It's a complete honor for me to be here. It's amazing. And really thank you, Jasper, for helping a lot of us not feeling so alone in our personal business travels. Appreciate that, man. And, and you know, what's cool to mention as well is that you have your, your own YouTube channel and you, you do a, a short-term rental chat. It's called, right, where you, as you mentioned, you interview people from the, from the space. And I was actually a guest on your show just a week yeah. ago, and that was my first podcast in Spanish. So That was great. I, I really appreciate that, Jasper. It was really great for me to have your first Spanish-speaking interview. It was great. It's doing great on YouTube. You can check that out on my channel, Juan Jovande, and you can see, you can go there and see how Jasper does speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say I was a little nervous for that one, but, but it turned that out pretty great. well. My, my wife's Spanish-speaking, and she, she told me that she was proud of me, so... Oh, it was great, Jasper. I think it's absolutely great. I think we loved it. Absolutely. Of course, it's not a perfect Spanish, but it's mostly really great. Tell us a little bit more about what you do in the space with your projects, because you're you're an architect, right? Um, yes, I, I'm involved in developing projects about the, the STR world, maybe. Some of them may be tourist-like projects and another oriented to the tourism world, another ones oriented to the most residential-like area, maybe like a kind of a co-living and that kind of stuff, more like mid-stays. And that's one part of what I do. And also do that those, and also do create content on YouTube about this. And this is. A the main part of my business. And I also manage a, a couple of chats on the of professional people in living in, in Spain or in Spanish speaking world, which are developing, professionally developing themselves in the, the short term rental world. I think there's a need for quality content on the short term rental space in Spanish because we do not have so many as, as in the English speaking world. Right. Yeah. That's something that that you and Juan as well have mentioned to me is that it's very hard to find education and, and content in Spanish, which is kind of interesting because, I mean, Spanish is like the, was it the second or the third language in the world? Well, hmm. I, I think that happens because a lot of Spanish-speaking people also speak English and when they need to, they need to do some things, they maybe do, they use just the, the content in English. But also... Some other part of the, the, the world or other part of the people gets left on the sides because they do not speak English. No, so I feel it will be nice to have more content in Spanish. Yeah, for sure. Juan, let's go to you. Tell us about your, your business and what you're currently up to. <laughs> well, first of all, I have to say it means a lot for me being right now here in front of you, you both. Jasper, you because your podcast has been the first one that I have ever listened to back in 2015, I guess. Um, listening to your podcast meant to me that, oh, wow, there are more people in this industry. It's not me alone. There are other people dedicating their time to what I do. Even more, they are appearing some technology that comes to help us 
in on a daily routine. Wow, amazing! Because until that time, I was doing everything alone, very manual, and I was like, wow, is there someone else doing what I'm doing here? I felt quite alone, right? But your podcast opened me like the window to another world. Okay, there are some people doing it abroad, not in Spain, because you were only interviewing non-Spanish spoken people and from abroad. But well, at that moment, well, was enough for me. And then Juanjo, what you are doing is amazing. Your Spanish-spoken community is growing so fast. The, the interesting people that are coming inside your WhatsApp groups, your Facebook groups, all the valuable information in Spanish that is being exchanged daily is amazing. I'm learning a lot from your community as well. So thank you, Juanjo, for you what you are doing. My pleasure. <laughs> and so about me, Well, I started in 2010, Jasper. I could be very, I, I could take a lot of time to, to explain my history. I will, I will try to be as short as possible. Okay. So I was born and raised in Las Canteras Beach. This is the main beach of Las Palmas de Gran Canaria in the Canary Islands in Spain. And here I grew up in Las Canteras Beach and my grandparents had a building of holiday homes at that time. Basically, they used always a property manager. It was not them managing it directly. So basically, I grew up mainly hearing, listening to my family, complaining about the property manager, what he was doing. That was it. And then when I, when I was 17 years old, I moved to Madrid for university students. Then I worked and studied more abroad. I spent 12 years abroad in six different countries. Well, that experience, in that period of time, I stayed in every kind of accommodation, university students, uh, shared flats, short-term rentals. I did, even did a lot of surf coaching. So when I came back into the Canary Islands in 2010, what I realized, it was like a lot of beachfront properties in Las Canteras Beach were most of the time empty. They were only being used by their owners for like one, two months per year, and the rest of the time they were empty. And I had a very close example of my on my aunt. My aunt was one of these ones, so I offered her to help her to get in extra incomes On all these months, she was not using that. And she accepted. I started to with her using websites that I used before to search for new flats when I was living abroad. And yes, things started to be very good successfully from, from the beginning. Suddenly, neighbors came to me, parents of friends came to me and offered me also their homes. And wow, yes, yes, let's do that, let's do that. I was all the time having nine to five job from Monday to Friday, nothing related to short-term rentals, okay? Because there was no regulation to do that. So I was not sure if what I was doing was legally or not, so I wanted to keep my job anyway. In 2015, I was growing quite fast, and fortunately in 2015, Canadian government published the holiday homes uh, law, the decreto de viviendas vacacionales, so I decided to quit my job and dedicated 100% to my brand, to living Las Canteras. And I legalized all the holiday homes I was renting, I was managing, and then still other ones came and came more. 
Yes, so from that time, I just searched for professionalism and community. I attended to a lot of summits, listened to a lot of podcasts, received a lot of newsletters. I did a lot of online courses. I was part, I looked for new associations to be a member. So I really, so since I took the decision of dedicating 100% of today's industry, at the same time, I, I said, okay, let's do it, but let's do it with a lot of professionalism because it, this will be the job of my life. So I wanted to do very, very, very good. So I had also the offer to be managing many other properties. I'm managing more, right now 28. I could be managing more, much more than this, but I wanted to stay clear on my mission, which is helping individual private owners of second homes, beachfront in Las Canteras that they enjoy it one, two months per year. So I help them to get extra incomes for the period of time they don't use it. So for this reason, I am not managing, like I get offers very easily for buildings, large investors, companies, hotels that want to be in the short-term rentals, managing buildings. No, I would, that's my mission is helping individual owners and I want to stay clear there. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I love about your business that you're you're so clear on who you're serving, right? You're so clear on the type of properties that you want. It's the it's one beach, it's beachfront, it's the it's the individual owner, and you have a very clear vision of your your guests as well, right? So tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing because I know you're you're here in Panama, you're surfing. You know, like how are you able to be on the beach in Panama while while you have 28 <laughs> units back in Spain? Well, it has been a long way. So since I started, started back in 2010, well, I have go through many different processes. I was doing manual most of the things for many years. As I told before, since I started to be a member of a lot of associations, attending summits, get online courses, I got tools and learnings about how to start delegating and automating processes. So I could be working remotely. This is one of the main benefits of this industry. Now there are coming a lot of new tools that allow us to work remotely. But, but be careful. This is not something you can do from in one day. It takes a long time. So one of the main things that I did to achieve this is the Legends X program. You mentioned before, yes, I am an ex Legends X student. I did it in the last quarter 2021. And wow, I learned a lot from you. You were my coach, Jasper. And thank you again. You gave me a lot of tools and good tips about how to do that, how to identify what you are doing in daily work. So from what you do, daily tasks, which one of them are not useful anymore? Then you suddenly find out that you are doing a lot of things that are not giving value to your business. And then you also can realize that many of the tasks you do daily can be delegated on other people. If so, how to find that correct people to do that? How to train them to do that? And, and at the end, which of the tasks you do daily are not delegated? So you still need to do that. That's one thing I learned a lot from the Legends X programs. And the other thing was the tools, a lot of automations that we, I could have done even from before doing the course. And I realized because 
I did the the program automation. But more moreover, what I learned from Lady Jack is the mindset. You change my mindset. So now every time I do a daily task for my business, it's not that okay, let's solve this now. No, it's let's solve it now. But if it happens again in the future, how that can be solved without me being involved? You changed my mindset because I was not I was just like we say in Spanish Ending fires every day, you know, it's like <laughs> putting water on the, on the fire and just, okay, another, another task, another task. Uh, it's not like that anymore. It's just uh, thinking the future, prevent this not to happen. And if so, how it can be solved automatically. That's awesome, man. It's, it's great to hear. And I, I remember when you joined the program, like we, we call the host that you were, we, we have a name for that. We call that the hectic host. And I think you, you kind of really identify with that. Just kind of running around, like, you know, putting out fires every day. And then now you're surfing on the beach in Panama. So it's pretty amazing to see that. Juanjo, I want to, I want to go to you. Like, you're, you're an architect, right? Yeah. And I would love to hear from you. Like, you've been in this space for 10 years. I would love to understand your perspective on how have you seen the industry change? And from your perspective, from a design perspective, like, what, what does it take in 2023 to be successful as a host? This industry started with pre-existing buildings mostly. We started using whether it was built. Well, I've heard you say you started renting your home, and that is the the way most of us started renting homes that were already built. I think the future of the space has a lot of purpose-built buildings on the future. I think that is going to be much more common in the future, and although it's not the main bulk of the market is our purpose-built buildings, I think that is going to be more frequent in the future. And purpose-built buildings for our space need to be kind of different because they are especially very unique. They are somewhere between the permanent housing and and the hotel-like structures. You do not need as many private spaces in a permanent home, but you also do not need as much common spaces as in traditional hotels or resorts. And that is uh, somewhere where there is a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of research to be done. What is your community? What is your potential target want? We are trying to develop a business, most of us targeting on one special kind of guest, but with the buildings we had before. What if we could design buildings for our special guests? What if we could define that niche, but including the building design in that project? I think that is a great opportunity for a lot of people and most professionals, a lot of professionals that do really know their guests, that do really know what they like, are in a unique position to create and develop building projects that attend to those specific needs, that maybe don't do things which are mostly needed for permanent housing and do other things that are needed for people that are doing short-term rentals, maybe for a different time than permanent resident. No? I think there, there are a lot of great opportunities in that space. Opportunities not only for us, for the space or our business, but also for society, which is starting to use buildings and houses 
in other, more efficient way. As Juan said before, there was a lot of first, a lot of great houses in Playa de las Canteras that were only used a couple of weeks a year. And now they are used all year round thanks to the work of Juan and other people like Juan. That is a huge increase in efficiency and how we use housing. That is what it is in the future, increasing the efficiency of the houses we have and of the houses we build. For tourism purposes and for work for purposes, we are starting to see trends in companies that do kind of remote working or workation, or maybe we three of us are developing a project and each one of us is in our corner of the world, but we meet for a week just to put ideas together. This is getting more common every day. and. In those areas, I think there are a lot of opportunities for us, for the space, and also for the society, increasing the efficiency on how we use buildings. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I was attracted to the sharing economy. Back when I started with Airbnb in 2011, that was a very new concept. But I remember thinking, it's like, we have limited resources, and we need to use our resources as efficiently as possible, right? And the housing is one thing. Where, you know, if you go on a holiday, your house is empty, right? Someone, somebody might as well use it. Or if you have Absolutely. a spare room, right? Like some, you might as well, you might as well use that space. But also like, I, I remember thinking about cars, right? Like I read a stat that the average car spends 90% of its life being parked and not being mm-hmm. used, right? And now you have platforms that, that increase the efficiency of cars, right? With Turo, I think in, when I was living in Spain, I was using remember the name now but there's there was a spanish service for that that i'm blah, blah, no it wasn't blah, 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 car. it was another one oh. i can't remember but I, I was using it all the time right and instead of renting a car I, I just go on the platform and and just use somebody else's car mm-hmm. uh, instead of renting a car right there was a platform at some point i don't know if it still exists but they were doing uh car sharing for for cars that are parked at the airport so you go, you go on a holiday for three weeks, you park the car at the airport, you come back, and then you get like, you know, $600 because somebody's been using your car for, for a couple yeah. of weeks, right? I thought that was awesome. So I love what you're saying. I think the, you know, especially the midterm stays like the co-living, the digital nomads. I think that's a, there's a lot of opportunity there. I've stayed at some of those places and it's no longer black and white, right? Where it's like long term or you stay for a couple of days. Now there's like so much in between, which is really exciting. So Juan, let's go to you because this is relevant to you as well. I know you're doing something really cool and unique in the Canary Islands where you're targeting digital nomads, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mainly since the pandemic. Yes. Tell us How a little bit about those units. Well, before the pandemic, I was targeting mainly, well, family travels to the Canary Islands, couples, family with children, seven days average stay. I used to rent like five, 10% to digital nomads. It was already quite a thing, even before the pandemic, the Canary Islands, especially the city of Las Palmas. But since the pandemic, it has increased a lot. We are now getting much more popular. We are always in the first 10 positions of the Nomad List ranking. Nomadlist.com is a website that every digital nomad knows. It helps a lot to define what could be a next destination according to different filters or your profile. 
So what I decided to do since I started to receive a lot of inquiries from digital nomads in 2020, I spoke to the owners and I told them, hey, we need to do a little bit of investment here. What, what if I put a workstation in each of our apartments? Let's buy beach, um, beach office desk, office chair, a lamp, and even a computer screen because I was even receiving inquiries. Do you offer a computer screen? Do you offer a computer screen? The first time I said, wow, how is people asking for a computer screen in a holiday rental? No, of course I don't have a computer screen, but <laughs> after 10 times receiving that inquiry, that means something. We need to take an action here. It's a lot of people asking for this. Why do you not invest in a computer screen that costs 100, 110 euros? And you gave a solution many others don't do. It's, you only paid for that once and then it will be always in your in your apartment so luckily for me most of the owners said yes from the first second i built a workstation in each of my apartments i called the professional photographer took the picture uploading them and it was a, a success well i also did another adjustments like applying late of stay discounts for example i in my guidebook i added where are also co-workings where Facebook co-working, digital nomads community, all that valuable information they need. So yeah, in 2020, in fact, I, 2020, which was the worst of the pandemic, my my occupancy was still high because I received a lot of digital nomads since uh, August 2020. And also, yeah, well, <laughs> in 2021, I received an offer to manage four cave houses in Artenara. Artenar is the highest village of the island of Gran Canaria. It's a beautiful village surrounded by amazing hiking hiking trails. Well, at the beginning, I said, wow, cave houses, not in Las Canteras Beach. But what if I put a workstation on each of them? Because many of my guests in Las Canteras are also from time to time asking me if I know places where they can rent also in the mountains. They they want to do hikings. So I said it was a great opportunity. I said yes to the owner. We put a workstation in each cave house. I gave a lot of good information about hikings they can do during their stay. Wow, it's, it's, it's working so well. And I love the profile of guests that are staying with us in, in living Artenara. The average stay there is seven nights, eight nights. The previous property manager that was there, the average stay was two nights, was people just going from for the weekends from the city. And now it's still happening, but that's just a bit. The main target of Digital Nomad, seven, seven days. I love that. And I've actually been to your island, Canary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's called Gran Canaria. Gran Canaria. Gran Canaria. Because I was living in Barcelona and during this, this is during COVID and I went to hike on that mountain that you, ah, it's a volcano, right? In the middle of the island. That's right. Yeah. I, so like it was interesting because like, you know how we couldn't travel, right? So, and I was living <laughs> in Barcelona. I was like, Hey, Canary Islands, that's Spain, mm-hmm. right? So that's a local, that's a local flight and local flights were still available, but not international flights. So. I was like, all right, let's go to the Canary Islands. Uh, and so I remember it very well. It was beautiful, absolutely amazing. I, w- I would love to stay in one of those cave houses. That sounds absolutely uh, incredible. Yeah. You are welcome anytime, Jasper. It would be such an honor hosting you. 
<laughs> Juanjo, I want to go. I want to go back to you. Like you know, you've been in space for a long time. You, you're architect. You're doing these projects, but you're also a host. What is one piece of advice that you would have for somebody who wants to get started in the short term rental space this year? I think I would say two things. One thing. Do not rely on non-friendly authorities, for instance. And there are places where the local authorities are friendly to STR buildings. Juan was telling before that a great start to his business was when the local government put into law the regulation, the basic regulations for short-term rentals. And you should focus your, your energy and your business in areas where the local authorities are working with you, not against you. And it's very fine to do advocacy for, for our business, but you shouldn't rely on areas where the regulations are not clear. And the other thing I will say is always keep an eye on the property market because maybe you consider that yourself are not a people in real estate, but your clients are. If you're managing property for your owners, they are in the real estate world. They are, they have their property. Maybe they're planning to buy another one, sell this one. You should always keep an eye on the property market because short-term rentals and real and traditional real estate are very different things, but are linked. And you, I think you should always keep an eye on the real estate world because it's very important for your partners, which are the owners or the apartments most people manage. Mm. I think yeah. that's very important. Yeah, that's really good advice. Juan, same, same question to you, or let me, let me say it different. Let me ask you different, actually. What's one thing that you would have done differently if you were to start over with your business? It's regarding the, the business model, I would say. At the beginning, I spent many years me charging the guests, me receiving the money from the guests or the OTAs, and then me paying the owners. Uh, suddenly I saw that I was receiving a lot of money that wasn't mine. I saw my bank account with a large amount and wow, that doesn't make sense. Me receiving that amount of money, let's, let's better owners charge it. I think it is the, the smoothest. Since I did that, everything well even better. So from that time, I got the feeling that the owners feel much more part of the business. They agree with me on in reinvesting in the property easier because they are receiving money from uh, more, much more often now. So uh, that's a good advantage that I, I saw since I did that change. And when I do coachings also, I also tell about this. They apply that and they always tell me the same. So that would be also be a piece of advice for someone starting in this business and still speaking about owners make sure who do you want to work with the owner will be a partner of you so it's important you are both on the same page we we we, we usually speak about our guests and we don't speak too much about our owners but they are as important as the guests even more speaking about relationship it will be a long-term direct relationship so you you please make sure we, we, you are in the same page. They are, 
they, they meet your core values. The core values for in your business is important. The owners meet them. They, they need to, for me, for example, it's very important. They should, they should show be part of, of, of a partnership. They, they should be collaborative. They should know they won't make money from the second zero. They need to wait. They are a new business that opened the door. They need to wait a bit. They need to be patient. You need to look also in the mid and long term and don't think just, I want to make the most from every single uh, reservation. No, it, it doesn't work like that. You, you, you sometimes need to, to deny getting a profit from a reservation if it is going, if it is going to do, to give you profitability in the medium and long term. They need to understand this. For example, in my case, this is very important. So I always, when I always meet a new owner to manage the new property, I always be very, very clear on that. I make sure they understand me and they can have the best of the properties. But if I see we are not equal on these kind of decisions, I say no. I prefer saying no. I already had the problem in the, at the beginning. So that I don't want to have this anymore. Yeah. Power of saying no. It's a, yes. it's a skill set that's hard to develop. I feel like it's something that everybody kind of struggles with in their life is saying no to shiny objects or <laughs> in general, just saying no. It's, it's hard, right? It's a great power to say no. <laughs> it's, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of power in saying no. <laughs> no. Awesome, guys. Well, it's, it's been a true pleasure to have my Spanish friends, my amigos. Spain is a country that I, I love very much. I lived there for two years. And I'll share a couple of reasons for, look, most of the people listening are probably in the US or in Canada. I'm going to share a couple of reasons why you might want to visit Spain in a minute here. But before I do that, guys, let, it, let the listeners know how they can find you. Juan, why don't you uh, share? People want to, you know, learn more about your business or visit your beautiful island in the, <laughs> in the, the Canary Islands. Like, where can they find you? Well, if you are considering having a great workcation, I guess I have a good solution for you. <laughs> so you might visit Canary Islands. I'm, I'm, I'm having Americans, Canadians as guests mainly since 2018. It was the time I started receiving them. How to find me? I have two websites, one for each of my projects. For the one in Las Canteras Beach is www.livinglascanteras.com. For the one in the, in the mountains is www.livingartenara.com. And then I have, of course, uh, Instagram uh, and Facebook for each of them. So yeah, welcome anytime. Living Las Canteras. We'll uh, put a link up in the show notes at Get Paid yeah. Path for the people who are not 100% sure how to spell that. Juanjo, tell us where can people find your your YouTube channel and anything else you're doing? Absolutely. The, if you want to watch the videos I create on YouTube, the best is you look for my name, Juanjo Bande, as it's displayed on the show notes. You look on YouTube for Juanjo Bande and there you find what I do and maybe you can also meet a great part of the Spanish-speaking community in the STR, mostly from Spain, but also from other places of the Spanish-speaking world. And that's where the, my main place, the, the YouTube channel. Awesome. Juanjo Banda is what you want to search for on YouTube. It's J-U-A-N-J-O. Yes. Right. B-A-N-D-A. 
B-A-N-D-A, Bamba, yes. And then, yeah, just to close out this podcast, you know, as I mentioned, I've lived in Barcelona for two years and I absolutely love Spain. I think it's the best, one of the best places in the world to live. And I want to share, I want to share one thing that completely blew my mind. When I was living in Spain, I used to cycle a lot and we would stop in these, in these little villages to, to have lunch. And, you know, one of the first times, like the, we ordered, we ordered a three course meal and I think it was like 10 euros, which, you know, blew my mind how affordable it was. But then the, the waiter put a, a jar, a big jar of wine on the table and, you know, we were cycling, right? So I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to drink wine, but like, you know, so I was like, I, I don't know how, how much they're going to charge us for this. Right. So I, I asked and then to my surprise, the wine was included in my 10 euro free course meal. And that just, I was just like, Oh my God, this is just too good to be for here. <laughs> well, it's, it's common for you places that do that. The, the menu del dia to have the wine included in Spain maybe a little bit more expensive right now than those 10 euros maybe 12 or 13 but you will still find places that do three courses meal menu del dia for maybe 12 or 13 bucks yes yeah. <laughs> uh, especially in little villages yeah more often than in big cities that's right we are a wine we are a wine country <laughs> and the wine is good yeah, it's it's so good and it's, it's so affordable. Man, I miss it. Wine's very expensive <laughs> here in Panama. So every time I buy a bottle in the supermarket here, I, I think back with nostalgia about my my years in Spain. So come back, Jasper. Come back. <laughs> I will. Vuelve, <laughs> One day I'll be back for sure. All right, guys. Thank you so much, Juan and Juan Ho. Thank you so much for being here today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And to the listeners, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Hope you're inspired to maybe one day travel to Spain and maybe stay at one of Juan's cave houses, houses on the Artenara. Canary Island. <laughs> at the Nada. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Friday. Thank you so much for listening to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. We really hope you enjoyed the show. And if you want to learn more about hosting on Airbnb and building a short-term rental business, then go ahead and subscribe to our daily email newsletter at getpaidforyourpad.com. And if you're just starting out on Airbnb, make sure to download our free Airbnb starter guide at getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash get started if you enjoy this podcast make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and please leave us a review on apple podcast for a chance to win lifetime access to the short-term rental profit academy our starter course for anybody who wants to start an airbnb business every month we select one random reviewer and give that person access to the course um, so if you want to have a chance to win access to the course, uh, please leave us a review and then uh, you might uh, join our program pretty soon. So thank you for listening. Check back every Monday for a new episode of The Host Show and every Friday for an episode of SDR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast. Get paid for your pet, get paid for your pet.